Stirring the Pot with Drip Kitchen. I have to ask, do you guys, um, do you guys find it acceptable to pee in the shower? Yes. Well, in your own shower. Thank you, Alexis. Well, um, so I would say yes, but I haven't peed in the new house shower. Why? Why? I don't know. I just haven't peed in the shower yet. I don't know. It's just Dude, for some reason, anytime I get in the shower, I automatically have to pee. Yeah, it's not fair. It's biologically how we're set up. <laughs> um, but wait, why? Why won't you pee at other people's showers? Um, I mean, not that I won't. I just like if they have like the bath <laughs> in there or something. But like, you don't want to pee on like other people's shit. No, no, there should be nothing on the floor. To me, it's like, they're never going to know. So <laughs> now. Unless they have those, like, sticky grip things down. Oh, yeah, that's pretty gross, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because then it's just... Never I thought about to, that. Have you ever gotten to, like, a hotel shower where, like, they have that thing that's just, like, the no-slip thing, but it's it's there. Like, you can't pick it up. Like, it's stuck there. And that, ugh, that just creeps me out. Yeah, that's There's pretty gross. Like, people that pee on that? Because you're a peer in the shower, so why on other people, you know? Yeah, I definitely disrespect hotels that way. 100%. That's why you gotta wear Crocs in the shower, Kim. I can wear flip-flops in the shower, too. Yep. <laughs> the OG. <clears throat> That's what should have gotten for her birthday, Alexis, was a pair of Crocs. Yeah, it's true. We should have. Yeah, I've seen people piss away money in worse ways. <laughs> I went fishing. Did you? I did. I went with my brother. Um, he lives in like a neighborhood with a lake. So we went down and we went on the boat. And yeah, did some fishing. Didn't catch anything, but. Well, at least you tried. Yeah. I mean, we also went in like the middle of the day. So definitely not prime time. No. I heard that if you spit in the water, fish come to it. Um, It didn't what my brother did. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I was told that as a child. Fish are kinky. <laughs> well, my brother spit today and it, it didn't happen. No, they weren't feeling it. They want girl spit. No. <laughs> um, since we're talking about the topic, uh, did you guys, like, uh, weird topics. Um, did you guys see the meme about uh, spitting in people's mouths? Or like, who thinks spitting in people's mouths is sexy? What's wrong with you? And I thought about that, and I was like, that is, like, a big thing now, where people are like, spit in my mouth or something. And I did think about that. That is not sexy. If someone spit in my mouth, I'd be mad. <laughs> where do you think that, like, not trend, but where do you think that stems from? Probably dominatrix fight, I guess. Probably being dominated. Okay. I think. Like, kind of, like, submissive people might like that. Which goes to show that, um, apparently, I'm not as submissive as I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't I don't think I would like that. It's not for me. No, it'd catch me off guard. I'd be mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time you're on top, mister. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to waterboard you. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> like a slow waterboard with, you know, germs. This is a perfect time for us to talk about our Patreon, which people can Donate to us as little as like a dollar a month. Yeah, this podcast does surprisingly cost money. 
What's like an awkward thing that people think that they're the only ones that go through, but they don't? Puberty. <laughs> I'm the only one with a growing body. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that I think sometimes only affects. I have a problem with thinking that my problems are the world's problems, so it's really hard to say. I feel like I'm not selfish in my problems. I'm actually like constantly looking for people to like you get it. You can under you can understand why like, this is the worst thing to ever happen to all of us. It just <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> hmm. um, I don't know. I'm very. I don't know. Like you, Alexis is a good because I feel like for some reason, Alexis always just lets me bitch. <laughs> In fairness, though, I let you bitch too. It's true. We we get to just kind of like circle around the topics for hours. Taylor gives us good advice that could shut us up in like five minutes. We're like, not ready for that yet. Not ready for the solution. Just ready to bitch. <laughs> like, yes, Taylor, that's going to work out fine. And your solution is my end game. But for right now, I'm kind of on an angry rant. <laughs> and I'm just leaving a trail of bodies behind me. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, at least I know when you guys have talked to me about it, you've already bitched about it, and I can just be there to help you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like for the most part, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll hit you up first, just to just to throw a curveball in there. <laughs> then you call me and be like, "I already know what I have to do, but just hear the epilogue." <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! I've always wanted to be a therapist. It is just fun to bitch. I, I think that's, like, a weird hobby of mine is that I absolutely <laughs> love to bitch. And sometimes I forget that that's not as fun for other people to listen to as it is for me to do. <laughs> you have maybe, to find a special kind of person. Maybe that's why you're so good at running podcasts. Because I love bitching. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, so we are speaking to Nate Hamilton on today's episode, and we find out all about his FD career, how he's still drifting, and how he's actually running his own print shop called 144 Print House. So thank you, Nate, for coming on. What's up, everybody? Oh, okay, cool. We do have audio. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice, nice. It's how are you? It's 5.59 in Texas. I made it on time. You did great. You did better than we do normally. I think this is our first <laughs> podcast ever on time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Probably. Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. This is cool. I feel like I don't quite know everybody and all, but... Uh, no. We're kind of just, uh, just asking you and just being like, you don't know us at all, but we're going to find out everything about you, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm down. So what's up with you guys? Um, what was, uh, last was, uh, East Coast Bash? Um, the last thing that we were all doing was actually, we were all at FD. Um, okay. yep, and then I, Oh, I'm getting East Coast Bash mixed up with the fun day after FD, right? Yeah, Pro Bro Down. There it is, there it is. Have okay, cool. What's up? Have you been? Um, I was, I have been, yeah, when I was maybe like 10 years ago. So I did some East Coast stuff uh, with XDC. You guys remember that series or ever heard of that series? XDC? No. Just because they run a course called XDC, and now I'm starting to wonder if I never really knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, yeah, I know, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, yeah, so uh, Extreme Drift Circuit, it was way back, like Petty, Forsberg, Jared Deanda, um, like a few of those dudes were kind of involved as judges. And anyways, it was kind of how I got my start drifting. Really? Was Petty? Petty helped you? Shout out Petty. I mean, he did tell me not to go pro, which probably was right at the time. And I didn't listen, so I had to pay for that one. Oh, man. I don't listen to Petty all the time already. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe how, how is he doing though? Is he good? Petty's great. Yeah, he's uh, still running. You know things at Club Loose with um, Tim. Do you know Tim? He's yes. kind of his co-pilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they're they're the same. I don't want that to come back and bite me in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, yep. they're still running that, and those events are still packed, and they're doing great. I I don't know what their vision was in the beginning, but I have to imagine this has surpassed it. Yeah, dude, no, for sure. It looks super busy. Like, the East Coast has a huge drifting, like, following, of course, you know? Yeah, no, it's um, it's impressive. Where are you from, by the way, like, originally? Uh, Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, it's in the middle of, yeah, but it's cool. Dallas is pretty cool. There's not, I mean, there is a lot of drifting, but uh, Lone Star Drift is our, like, primary series or whatever you want to call it, so... It's pretty cool, though. Oh, but I did, a lot, I did a lot of traveling uh, when I got into drifting. So I did, like, street drifting in Texas. Uh, I would just go to industrial parks when it would rain, uh, like, late at night, and just spend my nights out there and then uh, crash into poles and call my dad and have him come pick me up and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, and then from there, I started getting into extreme drift circuit, really. So that made me travel and, and start drifting, like, competitively, you know? What about uh, Club Loose, Texas? Do you go out yeah. that way? Yeah, I go down there. Um, so that's Danny running that. And then, um, yeah, I did that last year, and I'll be ending my season on that event this year. So have you guys ever been down there? We just did a Drift Kitchen event in April, March, April. Nice. With Club Loose, Texas. Nice. It's pretty yeah, chill. That was really cool down there. And uh, they have a, a pretty cool course going on there. Yeah, and that I think they're extending it or something. They're working on some fun stuff down there, but uh, but yeah, it's a pretty chill layout, you know. Yeah, no, I um, I missed out on that one. I was supposed to go the year prior. COVID messed it up, and then this year, I didn't get to join them. So, but I met Holly. Who is Holly? She's one of the girlfriends of somebody that helps out there. Yeah, Danny's wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. I met her at uh, FD, actually. She came up. Nice, and nice. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, um, that's cool. So she, since she brought up... Sorry, go on, Taylor. Oh, I was just going to say how she made us feel right at home when we were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that Texas vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah, New England doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, you guys are tough. Yeah, we're very, like, antisocial and very concerned with our own world and lives yep you gotta get yours but, yeah it's pretty mean up here um <laughs> but you brought up uh petty telling you not to go pro what made you decide to not listen to him <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so i think it's um it's along the lines of like so i was a uh, i'm trying to think about how to give a synopsis here but like so when i was younger i was street drifting from a friend 
and kind of literally just like spinning out in parking lots and just like figuring out what drifting was. And uh, I didn't do a lot of like research or look it up, but my friends were watching like uh, option videos and, you know, anime and kind of finding drifting through that type of uh, like environment. And, um, but yeah, anyway, so I ended up blowing up a motor and then my guy who helped me fix my car was also somehow connected to extreme drift circuit. And then he told me like, I need to go up to English town and go to one of their events. And so I was like, shit, I guess I have to do that. So then I did that. And through that, I was able to qualify first and finish fourth. So then I was really fucked and I was like, damn, I have to drift now. And I loved it. Like I fell in love with it. And so my goal was to be, you know, like a pro driver. So I think I just had that bar set in my head. And I think uh, Petty's insight was to keep me at the grassroots level as long as possible. That way I could actually do really well in pro. Because remember, this was before there was even a pro two. So it was just or pro spec or whatever the hell it's called now. But it's just like it was Nate battling Chelsea Denofa and those type of drivers in Extreme Drift Circuit. And then we jumped right up to like Vaughn and, and Chris Forsberg, right? So there was no feeder. Yeah, I'd say that's that's intimidating. I know a lot of guys that just do grassroots that probably wouldn't want to be put up immediately against somebody with that much skill set. But you survived it, though. I did okay. I mean, my teeth hurt, my jaw, I got my shit kicked in, you know, but it was good. It taught me a lot. It was cool. <laughs> Um, have you always been competing with the same car almost like yes basically so i've had different s13 chassis but yes i've been in an s13 like uh pretty much my whole career so my first one i used to drive to work and then uh from there i ended up just kind of like that one faded out and then i built another one so i've only had two cars my whole career that's impressive yeah Yeah, i was gonna say you don't hear that a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah dudes are running through them nowadays but yeah for me it's uh i don't know yeah so it's cool yeah, so what are you running right now in the car that you're competing in that's funny right so the motor is the golan motor so you guys just had on adam you know the other time and that's how we all got connected like i kind of chimed in and listened to that and then i kind of really heard about you guys through him so i thought it'd be fun to jump on here and learn more about you guys too but uh, in the car is the S, it's an S13, so it has a Golan motor, standard, like, um, four-speed gearbox, quick-change rear end. Like, it's a pro-built car, just kind of powered for the grassroots kind of vibe I'm going for. I was yeah. going to say, I saw that there was a competition or something. Um, I'm trying to remember who exactly was putting it on, but it was, like, to beat you, and then they would win money. Yeah, yeah, it's that they're like kind of hyping this event up with like a bounty. So in North Dakota, it's like uh, ND's North Dakota's 10K drift. Um, Yeah, like I went up there kind of randomly. My buddy Dave, who is my old mechanic, is from the Midwest. So long story short, he brought me there. We ended up winning it in 2019, and then we won it in 2020. And so now it'd be my third year to go try to win it. And that's uh, something I would leave for next Wednesday coming up. That's exciting. Not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. But anyways, yeah. Have you guys ever heard of North Dakota uh, Drift? Yeah, so actually, so Reese judges that competition that you're talking about. Um, But we're doing a Drift Kitchen Day there. Alexis, when's the date? (laughs) Uh, It's in September. September. uh, I want to say September 25th. Nice. 
Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's a the track is super sweet. The pavement is super nice. Like, I think you guys will like it up there. It's really chill. We I was hoping to go for this competition, but it just didn't work. But I really wanted to check yeah. out the track. Yeah, there's a lot of drivers coming out this round. It's like it's gonna be real. Wait, is Reese going? He is. Yeah, he's the judge. Yeah, yeah. Reese will be there. He's oh. judging. Yeah, and I battle against Reese in the clutch kicker stuff, so it's like funny, right? <laughs> yeah, Reese has got his dirty little hands and everything drift related across. He knows the what he's doing, but hey, he's keeping everyone in check, man. He's bringing that petty vibe out. I love it. Yeah, so, very silly. Yeah. What's the bounty? What's the bounty if they beat you? I think it's only a five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, talk too bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's I like a. Sorry, go ahead, Kim. People would beat me for less, so don't worry. <laughs> $500 isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going into it, like, feeling, uh, how do I word it? Like, optimistic and fun. Like, obviously, winning three in a row is kind of gnarly, but I believe I can do it. And uh, the first time I did it, I just literally, like, thought about every lap, like, as a point to myself to not get caught up in the competition. And it really, like, worked, and it taught me some shit. And then from there, i just been using that same strategy at like every comp I go to like um, you guys know when you're driving and you feel like maybe with uh, qualifying you get like super nervous you know or like the pressure's kind of on and then I've somehow been able to trick my brain that like I love drifting so much it's just another run so I might as well just enjoy the lap and then it turns out to bring the best results you know I feel like that's hard for a lot of drivers is to like keep that headspace you know yeah. straight during competition yeah, I've been trying to mentor a few people at Clutch Kickers um, on this kind of topic, you know, just like shit I've learned over 11 or 12 years of drifting and how I used to, because even um, at English Town on my first comp at uh, XDC, the one where I qualified first, I spun out on my first run. So it was like I drove as a young man all the way to New Jersey and uh, I had a new crew and it's like, I'm taking my run and thinking so much and I spin out and I'm like, damn, I have one more run. And anyways, it turned out well, but it took me some years to learn that shit about just like tricking your brain on, on pressure, you know? I feel like that's where I would lack <laughs> is like keeping that mind straight. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Well, uh, do you get... Sorry, go on. No, go ahead, Kim. Go ahead. For, go for it. It's just funny that you say that because I remember watching uh, most of the U.S. Drift series, I think in 2017 and, um, some of these guys had phenomenal practice runs and then it was like the two runs that mattered. It just like, they would just crack under pressure and you're like, God damn it. You had like amazing practice runs. So it's always kind of funny seeing as soon as it matters, some people yeah. just hate. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think it's something with drifting specifically is difficult because, you know, I mean, you guys know the drill, but it's like, so I'm going to compete at clutch kickers against 60 guys Whenever my turn comes up, it's just time to do it. And I'm going to wait three hours. I'm going to have to do it again, like, on that mark. And it just doesn't really lend a lot of, like, warm-up or, like, like flow. You just really have to keep that vision of what you're about to do. Like, sometimes when I'm tandeming, I literally, like, see what's happening without, like, knowing I'm doing it. Does that make – I don't know if that makes sense. But it's like I'm really focused on what that guy's doing in front of me. Versus, like, what I'm doing in my car. I don't know how to word it, but... It just becomes, like, a muscle memory. Like, a second yeah. nature. Yeah, like, it's important for me to visualize what I'm about to do in my qualifying run. Versus trying to, like, wing every turn and hope it w goes well. So, um, you know what I mean? 
Do you think it's harder to be in that like headspace during lead runs or follow runs? Uh, lead runs probably because in a lead run, it's like on you, you know. So it kind of feels like a qualifying run, especially with like Reese jamming the judges down my throat. It's like qualifying runs are your lead runs in competition, so you kind of still have that same pressure. Um, and then when you're chasing. If you really get off the line well and like set yourself up on like turn one, let's say, things really flow, you know. Is it hard to kind of, is it hard to follow someone's line? Like, say it's not the best line in the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've like lost um, clutch kickers. It was round two uh, against Dustin Miles because it was like his line was different than mine, and my muscle memory was kicking in. So like. I was like, we're supposed to go over here, and he kind of wouldn't. And I was like, we're supposed to go over here, and he kind of wouldn't. And so it just became like where I needed to really pay attention to how the guys were running their lines, not my line mixed with his or something, you know. So, yeah, it can get it can get weird. But also, what like I think a clutch kicker's drift run is somewhere around 23 to 26 seconds, depending on, you know, your car setup. So it's like you got 20-some seconds to, like, knock it out, you know. That's I think that's the length of the entire club loose. It's like not the entire, but front course. I want to say I've timed it. It's about 26 seconds, which is kind of a long time. Yeah, it's like it is long, but also like all the inputs you're putting in are just like flying by, you know, like I guess Clutch Kicker's track is a little bit maybe tighter. Is it actually like tighter than I don't know, but I would think you know so. what I'm saying? drifting reaction times. It's all crazy. What are you running for a uh, steering angle? Wise fab. Okay, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> fabbing people. I was just curious. I was like, have you been wise fabbed? And I'm like, you can't if you have wise fab. But I know some of you guys that were like, I could have sworn he was spinning, and then I found out he had wise fab. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wise fab like it can help and hurt you. You know, like too much angle is useless. Um, and then. If you're going to spin and you use your angle to save you, that's pretty useless in competition anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's something like you, you guys obviously kind of are catching a pattern of like, I'm just using a lot of what I'm used to, uh, being the S13 chassis and being wise fab and kind of my old pro setup. So my car up until currently, like up until like two weeks ago had been the same from 2016, like literally. Damn, I feel like that's some luck <laughs> to have it. Isn't that crazy? Like, how have I not wrecked the shit out of it or something? Like, I don't even know, but yeah. If, like, competing as much as you have, there's guys who have competed less and they've already gone through like three or four chassis. <laughs> yeah, but I think too, like, um, I don't know, you guys, I guess to segue into like some of the screen printing and like my normal like business I'm doing is like, I feel like. I'm actually printing and creating more than I am racing. So I think somewhere in my mind, I'm like making sure my car is serviceable in the ways that I know. Cause I'm not actually like all in on drifting right now. Like I'm really all in it, like creating and printing. And then I just happened to be able to get back into drifting. Um, Cause I think it was 2018. I took off of drifting completely for a full year. Yeah, I saw your setup for the 144 print house. That's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. We're here now. I'm just in the front lobby, but we're chilling. But you yeah, that see, was... uh, Taylor and I's setup. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Y'all screen print over there? <laughs> I mean, we got our we got our vinyl cutter 
back here. Nice. And then the rest of the sweatshop is in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. As soon as Alexis said that, everyone put their hands on their heads. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's, that's how the, it starts. They make like a, I call it their waffle maker, their t-shirt thing. It's just like the very basic, but it's, it works. It's very, it, if it works and they're willing to make 200 shirts, Dude, my arm muscles have grown so much from that press. Like putting my whole body weight into it. I don't yeah. need a gym anymore. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. So you're doing like manual screen printing? Um, we just have the vinyls and we're just heat pressing. Oh, you're heat pressing them. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Well, that's pretty sweet. And like, dang, yeah, that's cool. I I we're I haven't got into like pressing transfers that much, so. On my end, I did start with just like manual screen printing and then got a little automatic screen printer. And then we just are getting into direct-to-garment printing, which is doing like, you know, full prints. So, What was your segue into what you're doing right now with owning 144 and everything? From drifting? Yeah. Sh uh, basically having a moment where I should have listened to Matt Petty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, basically, it was like, I think that I started getting into Formula Drift and competing. Like, so I got into XCC around 2012. Then I did 13, 14, went pro 15, 16, 17, and I was completely burnt out. Um, like, I was living in Florida, working with Njuku Racing, and I think driving from Central Florida to Seattle just like blew my mind. Like after doing it for so many years, I couldn't even count how many times I would drive across the country and I would have seasons, you know, where I was home for, if I had two weekends back to back at home, like we were having a party. Like it was just like, I, I was like never home two weekends in a row. So yeah, that and mixed with difficult results because it's difficult in pro racing right now or back then too, to like really have a team and spare parts and just like, I, I'm kind of giving you a long-winded answer here, but the thing that I could pinpoint the most would have been, I don't think I had a business mindset. So when I would get sponsors, I think that I was almost like taking them for granted and more or less being like, oh, cool, I get free rims or I get free parts. And I didn't really understand my role to give back to the sponsor. So I think that I just needed to figure out like business and like what I was actually doing to make the people that were investing their time and energy into me actually helped them too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a long answer there, but yeah, yeah <laughs> it was, it was, it was, to sum it up, it was multiple seasons of like results that I wasn't proud of with a lot of people that were supporting me. And then I thought it would be good to get on my own two feet and try to somehow support my own program. Because if these people turned away and didn't want to support me, I would just kind of have nothing. Mm -hmm. And I originally was screen printing before drifting. So I was like able to screen print, you know, 14 hour days and then have that Friday off to go drifting at local events. So I can go Friday, Saturday, Sunday back to printing. So the workflow of printing fit for drifting for me, um, which is why I then returned to it like eight years later. Oh, okay. So it was already something you were doing. I wasn't sure if it was like something you like discovered while you were drifting and been like, what am I doing? Yeah, no, it was something I was already doing, and I noticed uh, with, like, XTC, I would sell my own merch. So I, like, started to print my own stuff, and I would take it to the track and sell it. And so I got kind of in tune with that creative process, and I hated it back then. 
But then as I was burnt out at drifting, I thought creating products for people would be fun again, and I enjoy it. How does screen print... I, okay, I know what screen printing is, but how do you cut, like, the design? Like, how is that part stenciled out, I guess? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's like, uh, so first we start with vellum. So basically, you have a printer, and you have a clear sheet of paper, and then you're going to print, like, all black images on your vellum. And then from there, you're going to use an exposure unit, and then you're going to lay your screen down with your vellum that has emulsion on it. Then the light is going to harden all of the emulsion. Then you're going to power wash out your image. Are you guys lost yet? Damn, so that's not... I don't want to say that I ever thought it was easy, but like that seems like a lot, especially if you have different designs all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a process. Yeah, I mean, especially for like your workspace and stuff, like the transfers are, are easy. Yeah. Do you print those yourself or you still got to kind of find that? Um, so we do it both ways. Some of the designs we'll do ourselves and then we have one design that's a pain in the ass. So we get that one, uh, printed for us. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. The worst part is honestly like the weeding of all the stickers and stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes we have jobs where we'll do like also vinyl plotter into like stickers and it's like, how do people do that? How do you guys do that? It's it's tedious, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta love it. I've helped them on very few occasions because I just don't have the patience for it, and I end up ruining more. <laughs> than <laughs> yes, one. that's me, man. That's me. <laughs> We've gone through a lot of product learning, trial and error. That's for sure. Yeah, different uh, like needle densities on oh, the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Well, all right, I gotta ask some questions. Like, tell me about the drift kitchen. What's up with you guys? Um, this weekend we're going to FD again in Erie. Uh, we have a girls day coming up in, um, August on August 7th in, um, Evergreen Raceway in Pennsylvania. Nice. And you guys are coaching, right? Like you're kind of putting on events and like specifically trying to ask girls to come out and drive. Yes. Yep. All women, um, we'll have like figure eights, donuts set up and then. And Evergreen, particularly, will have, they have the track on the inside. So the more intermediate, advanced girls will be out there. And then we'll have the beginners. So it should be good. That's so sick. How's it going? It's been going really well. <laughs> I mean, it keeps growing. I mean, we've been kind of traveling all over in the past couple of years. So I think, um, you know, we're going to continue doing that. Try to do yeah. some West Coast next year. Nice. That's super cool. I got to try to come out or something are our guys allowed to join no oh, yes just not allowed no. to drive okay cool <laughs> maybe um so you had club loose coming up again in texas or no i'm sorry like did you say you guys are going back to texas soon um so i don't think we're going to be back in texas until probably spring uh winter spring of next year um just because we were just there in uh april yeah. but we're going to have one at club loose jersey in october Nice, nice. That's super cool. Yeah, that one. That one's gonna be great. I mean, they're all great, but <laughs> <laughs> they're more. Clo- it's closer to home, so it's a little bit less travel. There you go. There you go. So, uh, like, I don't know. Like, do you guys see good results when you're coaching people? Like, as far as like, is it like a class like that, or more just like normal drift shit where you just turn the track on and let people go, and then also get to kind of. It's magical. It's crazy because, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just kind of like 
when you encouraged like the girls to go out there and do it, like just seeing the progression from like the beginning of the day. Plus they have so much seat time. It's like yeah. almost like being able to hot lap all day. Um, yeah. So having that, I think they progress really quick over like the course of a day. Sick. And they listen to instruction really well. Like I feel like they come, you know, with no ego, like they're all scared, well, not all scared, but most of them are scared if they've never driven before. Right. Yeah. So like they just, they They're listen and like they ask questions and all the other girls are helping. It's just great. Yeah, that's super cool. Who's uh who's like the up and coming like chick that's killing it? There's a lot. There's um, a lot. Gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get them in trouble if they pick just what, uh, what part of the country. <laughs> okay, let's start with this. Who's the chick that is like let's say made it and a bit more like mainstream or whatever that they're looking up to? Ooh. I mean, obviously, we have Kelsey Rowling's Driving Pro. Yeah, I was going to say probably Kelsey. Think yeah. so? She's, yeah. She's, yeah. Nice. Out of every, I would say that Kelsey is the best for mostly, and this is this might come off wrong, but I'd say role model-wise, Kelsey mm -hmm. is very about doing things by herself or with her team, and um, I don't know. She She's a tough one. Uh, she's She's good, man. I, I she's like, like her. She's like the OG. Yeah. 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 She's been around since, I mean, when I was living in Florida, you know, so whatever, like 16, 15s, like she's been around too. Like her and her dad are putting in work, man. And she went to, she drove one of the clutch kickers uh, races. I think it was around one or two this year. So I got to see her recently. She I was down. I was, I think it was round one. I was down at that one doing a booth. Nice. Yeah. You were there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> right as like you exit the track, I was the booth right to the right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dang it. I didn't even, I don't know. My bad. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> it would have been cool to meet you guys in person. We'll be back. We'll be there November 20th for our Drift Kitchen event there. Sick. Do you guys, how do you guys like that stuff? I feel like Clutch Kickers is doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I wish we could drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't travel that far with them. I stay local. <laughs> <laughs> so Alexis and Taylor, y'all are the two hitting the road and like getting shit done. Kim's just here to take the credit and stuff, you know? I, yeah, I just do media for their local events and their posters most of the time. I don't, I like dabble with graphic design and all the creative stuff. I don't, um, I went on one trip with them, but that was, <laughs> that was kind of the reason I'm like, I'm either planning it or that's it, because I don't do um, I don't I don't do long trips in my vehicle anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. Monthly, <laughs> <laughs> it matters. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Taylor and I gearing up for the next one. Mm -hmm. Literally, the press. <laughs> yeah, but they're crazy. They're like me. I need like uh, weekends of rest, or else I feel like insane when every weekend is like something like june was a mess um it was a fun mess but it was a mess whereas they're like oh we're gonna go to fd and erie and then we're gonna do our own event and i'm like i can't i'm exhausted yeah 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 like sometimes i battle with that too like seriously like you know when you have let's say a, a normal job and you're working and you get your like clock in clock out type vibe you have every weekend off you can kind of like follow let's say the holidays and stuff going on and then like 
when you're drifting and running your own business and stuff, it seems like I'm missing all the holidays and I'm working every weekend. You know what I mean? You guys feel like that? Yeah. For Kim, who gets the weekends off? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like their, um, I guess I'm kind of like your best and worst employee because I work when I want to, but I'll also get it done in time. Like, (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) I'm supposed to have these podcasts out every week, and I can tell you I will not edit yours until the night before it comes out. But it doesn't mean <laughs> it doesn't be good. It just means I'm one of those last-minute people where I'm like, you know, I had to get an oil change that week. Yeah, That's a thousand miles 20 ago. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Alexis and I can be like that, too. But this time, we are already prepared for FD. We got all our shirts done, all the sweatshirts. Hell, yeah. First time yeah. in a while. I got a list over here, though, of stuff that we still need to do, and we pretty much only have tomorrow to do that, so you're going to have to stay late on this podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the merch is done. <laughs> For once. I would say Alexis is kind of like the boss in a lot of ways, because she kind of reminds me and Taylor, like... I remember um, it was last New Year's Eve, and uh, Alexis went away, so the boss went away on vacation, and uh, we were supposed to have this poster out for the year, like a season poster, and we were like, shit, she's going to be here in like an hour. We better put something together. (laughs) She's going to kick our ass. I can see that. She's already got the list. Like, she's ready. (laughs) She is. She's good at that. They're both good. I think everybody's good at their thing, and that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're both way more hands on. I don't drive, so when it comes to me at events, um, I'm I'm just recording. <laughs> when you when you guys first put like the program together or whatever, Alexis, did you say like, all right, your role's this, your role's this, or did you guys kind of just be like, let's do whatever and make it happen, and everyone kind of found their role? They had I a think- different crew. <laughs> yeah, oh, we I- we actually like started out with three people, but um. When uh, we finally, like, started doing, like, the events more often, I think, like, I kind of did the social media side more and, like, the website. And then, like, Taylor does all the merch and, like, you know, creating and hands-on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Kim's putting it out to the world. Because, Kim, I, you hit me up on I, social. Yeah, I came in much later after they had kind of established the whole thing. And... I don't know. They insist on paying me, even though I tell them not to. But like, I just kind of do little designs. It started off as mostly me doing designs, just like as a favor, where I'm like, "Hey, you know what? This would probably get more traction if you guys had like a poster designed specifically for your event." And yeah. uh, I just started doing that, and then uh, they started paying me. So, okay. and then Taylor, you picked up the gear side. Like, how did you start that? I hate social media. So first things first, I was like, all right, <laughs> uh, you can cover that part. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I, I think we all just kind of fell into what we do now. And then, you know, there's times where she'll cover for me and vice versa. And, you know, yeah, it works. Hell yeah. That's super cool. It seems like a good balance, you know? It is a good balance. And the podcast was like a nice addition that was kind of more so, I would say, to kind of get us through the winter. Because mm-hmm. there really wasn't a lot going on. Um, I know they wanted to put out content, but, you know, living in New England, you really are strapped for drifting anything. Yeah, yeah. let's make a million YouTube videos about how depressed we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or how much hey. snow to go shovel. <laughs> or snow and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, people would probably still watch it, but I know what you mean. Um, consistent content is difficult. I've been trying to figure that one out myself. Yeah, it's like I think some people want to believe your life is interesting 24-7. Um, I even had one person actually recently message me and goes, what happened to all your car content? And I'm like, I, I don't have anything going on. Like, I'm a human. Yeah, like, I finished the car. It's good to go. <laughs> yeah, like, everything's going great. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. That's cool, though. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's definitely fun. I think uh, they've done a lot for the community. I get to talk about them because I don't technically do the event part, but I have noticed such an increase at other events of girls that first their event was a Drift Kitchen one. And then mm -hmm. that kind of established confidence to go in and yeah. you know come in with like a bunch of seat time from a single event compared to what some people get in three events. Right, right. But remind me, so like Alexis or Taylor, you guys drift? Like, are you guys driving as well? We do, yeah. <laughs> okay, sick, sick. So that's kind of how you got into, like, running an event and you already were drifting. Yeah, so when we, like, first kind of met each other and stuff, there really wasn't a lot of girls into it. So, um, Taylor, I'm pretty sure there was just, like, you know, a handful of us. And we were kind of just like, why isn't there a lot of girls into drifting? And we're like, oh, let's start you know, let's run an all-girl event and see what happens. And we had 17 girls come out to our first one, and then it just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. Like, I feel like I've never seen, like, 17, like, women or chicks, like, drifting at an event. Do you think girls or do you think women don't come out because of, like, the fear of too many guys? Like, they more specifically come to your shit because it's like, they're like, oh, word, it's like a little more welcoming or something, you know? Yeah, I think it can be, like, intimidating, you know, to be one of, one woman out of, like, I don't know, 80 men that are driving. Right. Um, so right. I think our events just give them that, like, comfort, and some women don't need that, and some women just feel more comfortable, you know, drifting with a bunch of other women that, like, aren't judging you or... Yeah. And so, sometimes, too, I think, like, knowing that you're going to have instruction and that, like, you can do the absolute, like, basic basics like we've had girls come who they're just kind of learning how to drive standard so you know they don't want to worry about stalling out on grid you know what i mean right right shit i feel like that alone could just be a thing like come learn how to drive standard you know <laughs> like right <laughs> yeah but you're gonna get it in second replace the clutch <laughs> yeah bring your own car and clutch <laughs> I think something else we realized, too, is that there was a lot of girls that even just attending events and checking them out, I think a lot of them um, did have kind of like at least one negative story about um, maybe something that was said to them or made them uncomfortable. And I think for the most part, you don't get that at Drift Kitchen because most of the time if guys are there, they're boyfriends of other girls there or mm -hmm. the instructors are there and they're just trying to instruct and Mm -hmm. It doesn't really leave a lot of room for what might happen at an event that's mostly filled with guys. Right, right. I'm following. That makes sense to me. Yeah. There's like this unicorn thing where it's like there's 60 guys in an event, but there's one girl and she's really into cars. They're all trying to make her um, their wife. Or, <laughs> or like give advice like you should do this to your car or don't do this. Yeah. Like, do yeah. this. and Yeah. I mean, dude, like I was one of not 
like the first option, but I was kind of the second option with even Kelsey at the clutch kicker stuff. Like I was trying to share like my wheel speed settings and just like things that I had kind of learned. And you always kind of have that moment where we're competing against each other, but I do want to help you. And then maybe you're trying to question whether like I'm actually trying to help or fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like, so I know what you mean by like, A, chicks getting a lot of attention at drift events and then B, like quality feedback to even listen to can be hard, you know? Yeah. I think like the coolest thing is it's not just Alexis and I like, you know, helping these girls or telling them that they, they did good. It's like everybody, like everyone just, I don't know. Girls are just, we're supposed to be like mean and hate each other. And I feel like drift kitchen is like almost the opposite. So would you ever do like drift kitchen competitions, like where chicks can compete? What do you think, Alexis? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're kind of, we're trying to work towards that right now. Um, right now, our goal is to try to get as many girls out to the next U.S. Drift Street League competition, cool. um, which is my birthday weekend in Virginia. Nice. Um, so I've only done one comp, and it was kind of like a fun, like, tandems comp, and um uh, we really don't have any experience doing competition, so it should yeah. be a good time. Yeah. Something I was thinking about, um, kind of like, so, you know, if like we're training like either young kids at motocross or like new people into drifting, um, and obviously like women specifically into drifting is like at some beginner level, trying to apply some of that like qualifying pressure. So more or less like they're starting to grow with it almost like automatically maybe that's a bad idea but like for me i feel like as a younger driver it was hard to drive at the drift kitchen as much as i wanted to and had a blast and it was super cool then i went to u.s drift and was like oh shit you see what i mean like so if there was ever a way to include something in your program that already kind of puts a little pressure on maybe like at whatever at the end of the weekend or something i don't know but it wouldn't be such a massive jump from like super grassroots and clinic style to competition. Like yeah. you're getting up against against this guy with like a two JZ, but he's got a full interior. So yeah, yeah, or just you know having fun with it to where like um, I'm trying to think of an example, but like in skateboarding or I think even Lone Star Drifts uh, Drift Week stuff, they would do like the tires stacked up, and you would just have to like do a J turn into the tires. But still, everyone's watching, and you're still like, oh, shit, it's my turn to do the trick. And so that's really the same as qualifying. So, like, implementing some sort of, like, it's your turn, and then they're already getting used to that. You know what I mean? I think that's an awesome idea. You guys should do a game of table. Exactly. Just like table. Seriously. Like, slide the car. Don't hit the table, but get close to it. And it's like everyone's watching you for that moment, so you get your little pressure moment. But then that way, no matter where you go, you're going to have those pressure moments, you know? That's a good idea. You could definitely do something like that in uh, Evergreen. Yeah. That would be a good segue into like, hey, this kind of matters, but don't worry, the rest of the day doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like fun competition or fun fun pressure. I don't know. A good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all will think of something. We just have to come up with a prize now, too. Very true gotta have a reward uh we should just bring you to an event and be like now you gotta beat this guy <laughs> <laughs> dude i'd love to help out like i feel like 
sharing some of the shit I had to learn is fun for me, you know? I feel like there's something, like, valuable to that that I don't want to, like, hold in. I want to, like, give it, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of asking you guys right now, like, when you're actually running an event, like, do you have, like, little chapters of, like, where you're looking behind the wheel and, like, being aware of your throttle and, like, are you guys doing any sort of, like, chapters with the drivers, like, more so like, like base, more so like basic setup in the beginning. Like you worry about if they're a new driver, like tire pressure, um, stuff right. like that. Cool. Good. Good. That's sick. I really like the, um, the driver perspective. Like, like I was saying at clutch kickers with either like Tyler Berry or Ethan Parnell, a few other people, I'm able to like talk to them about what, where I'm looking and like where I'm adding throttle and like why we should be on throttle before the turn starts and just like how to scrub speed and kind of that driver input stuff. But that's the shit I nerd out on. <laughs> no, I think that would be helpful too to add stuff like that in. Yeah, definitely. So we got the J turn and then we got like driver specific points to focus on. <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. Uh, I don't know. I think. At the very least, like at end of the day, whoever still got tires, game a table, win a prize. That'd be cool, you know, because it is competition, but it's like worst case scenario, you hit, you know, a folding table. Right, <laughs> right. No, no big deal. <laughs> it's like sets on fire. And I was like, Nate Hamilton is the worst idea person. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah gonna, right? dude, they're like, I got to figure out where I'm looking and shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but that's cool. I think that's something we all have in common is like trying to help people learn how to drift, what they're focused on, and like raising the sport, you know? Yeah, and just getting those ladies out there. Are you guys jaded in drifting? Like, do you guys, this may be whatever weird question, but like, do you guys enjoy watching like mainstream drifting and do you enjoy like where the sport's currently at? Like, or do you see a lot of room for it to grow and be like way bigger than it is or something? I mean, I see a lot of room to grow in terms of, like, women getting out there and doing those big, you know, competitions and such. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started in 2013 and just seeing, like, where it was locally then to where it is now, like, on a grassroots level. I think it's just amazing. It's insane. Like, even in Texas, you know, there's, like, a good 150, sometimes 200 drivers. And I'm like, where are you guys coming from? Like. <laughs> Yes, because I always try to remember, like, whenever I did take a break from drifting uh, for a year, you know, which isn't terribly long, but it felt like forever, was, like, just going drifting is fucking, A, expensive and, like, rare and cool, you know what I mean? So, like, just to see, like, 200 people in a region go drifting, it's, like, that blows my mind. I know, it's, like, how did 200 people afford 240s in this day and age <laughs> yes like for real because like a skateboard is different you know you have like a hundred dollar skateboard and then of course you have millions of kids skating but like when you have a fifty thousand dollar or a hundred thousand dollar pro car it's like these kids are killing it i know did you watch any of fd this year yeah like i i, I study it there are some young guns in it this year. I think, um, especially in Prospect, I want to say the Sorensons, what are they, like 16 and 17? Yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And even uh, Clutch Kickers, you know, there's 15-year-olds uh, out there. Like, it's insane. 
which I think is super cool. Like, but yeah, the sport is getting younger for sure. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything that cool at 15 or 16. I, <laughs> I was driving a Dodge Neon. <laughs> yeah. Starting young at that age, that would be absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. It reminds me of motocross, you know, where it's like maybe parents will value the sport and allow, you know, that, that like raise kids to drift. You know, obviously with the Sorensons, that's like kind of that memo, right, where they're just motorsports, mm-hmm. they're a motorsports family. Um, even Honadale, you know, he's just been in motorsports like his whole life. Um, so it's cool to watch those young kids like get into drifting because, yeah, they share the fucking like the word of drifting it's cool and the resources nowadays are just so much better than what they even were 10 years ago because i think the most me and alexis like 10 plus years ago were watching were like old blood master videos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, you didn't really have as much as even watching like the first fd compared to what fd is now is just like oh my god they let this many people on track like who's there yeah now? yeah <laughs> yeah it's so true like i don't know man drifting's come a long way it's super cool and then that's what i was talking about earlier was like the sponsorship side and like how to make drifting like make money it's like the most unknown most difficult part of it because it's like it's rad it's cool and when opportunity comes your way obviously you can scoop up parts and build a car but like maintaining those relationships and 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 pushing those companies to like be a real partner for you is some shit I had to learn. And I did not know that when I was in pro racing. What did you think of clutch kickers when they first started? Like the fact that the prize is so much higher than the professionals. Um, I have a pretty cool. All right. So a little story here. So clutch kickers, um, basically they were working with the print house on merchandise. So, uh, before they had had a track, they kind of started the brand and they were making t-shirts and they were basically, you know, putting on a tour. If you remember way back before they had a track only a few years ago, but they sent Nick Castleberry, um, Michael's son on a tour. And I think from there, he kind of was able to plant his seeds, which was a really good move. And then from there, they launched their own series. And yeah, like he invited me out and we actually like walked the track and like made the track. Like I walked the track when it was sand. And I remember them being like, hey, we're going to do the series. And I'm not going to lie. Like, at first, I was kind of like, this is a big, like, um, is it undertaking or overtaking or whatever that word is? Like, for him to actually come up and bless you, (laughs) for him to come up and, like, actually make all that happen, um, I almost didn't believe it could happen. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but yeah, and then, but basically like from myself to Michael Castleberry, who owns Clutch Kickers, like he's done every single thing he told me he was going to do. And I have the utmost respect for him. And I think that him putting money into the driver's pockets is just what the actual feedback of the drivers, it's like what the drivers needed. You know what I mean? Like us, like most of the guys are kind of in that same path of like, how do I make this make money? And if I can go win money, of course, that's where my best odds are. So I think he did it right. And I think he continues to do it well. And even if I get knocked out in the top 16 and I come home and my wife hands me a $400 check, I'm stoked. Like, I'm like, fuck, that's cool. I still even got that, you know? I think it's one of the coolest 
competitions out there. I mean, I just think it's cool to give back to, you know, the the grassroots drivers, even though yeah. there are some pros that do it now. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting popular, you know, and and honestly, like, uh, so North Dakota, the 10K drift event that we talked about, that was first. Like, I did that one first before Clutch Kickers was even real, and he straight was like ten thousand bucks to the winner that day. Boom, done. And those type of larger shootout events are absolutely becoming super popular. Like, I think that that's kind of where you maybe have, I'm using skateboarder terms here, but you know how you have street league skateboarding and then you would just have like Tampa am like you're just, you're shootout, like just one and done type, like large payouts. And then dudes can build tours and bounce around. Like that's becoming way more popular gonna say so you seem to like skateboarding a lot if you had to pick drifting or skateboarding like money wasn't even a thought so even though skateboarding is cheaper what would you go with (laughs) dude i gotta go i mean i guess i'm the answer is drifting because i'm doing it right but it's like drifting has some sort of heavy weight and like difficulty and like ass kicking to it that I'm like addicted to. Like I love the process of trying to figure drifting out. And even when I'm driving now, like after 12 years of driving, I feel like I just get better and better. Like I'm able to like work on my timing or work on certain things. So it's kind of like the harder it is, the better the reward. Where skateboarding for me was something that my physical body would say no to. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) I feel like skateboarding would be technically harder, but yeah. 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 And I mean, I guess it is, but it's also like on the anxiety and the wallet and like life. It's so easy. You have a hundred dollar skateboard or a hundred thousand dollar drift car. And then one of them, you can just buy another one for a hundred bucks. And one of them, like every single damn part on a drift car is like, you guys over a (laughs) hundred. Yeah. Like it's like a tire, one tire. (laughs) Yeah. So but yeah, I love how difficult drifting is, you know? If you put me on a skateboard, you could probably get a pretty high hospital bill out of me. So <laughs> I'm sure I could make it pretty even keel with drifting. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. <laughs> Do you guys have any other hobbies other than just uh, drifting and obviously running Drift Kitchen? Snowboarding a little, little here. Nice. Yeah. I like music. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I snowboard and mountain bike and stuff. <laughs> Sick. That's cool. Taylor's the X Games of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I did a little bit of mountain biking. I was in like Claremont, Florida, uh, road bike and mountain bike, and that stuff was fun. Yeah, I like downhill more. Um, yeah. I don't do it as much as I would like, and buying a bike is pretty much just as expensive as buying a car. So yes. it's hard for me to justify. But for real. For real. And I'm getting old, so, you know, falling down isn't, uh, I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> she wanted us to go, and we're older than her. <laughs> Everyone bailed. Yeah, no, she's like, going to go, right, guys? Yeah, think about it. I still don't want to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, that's cool. Wait until my health insurance is better, and then I'll go with you. Alright, as soon as you get on health insurance, we'll go. Yeah. I'm clipping in and everything? I'm sorry? You clip are, do your feet clip in? Are you using clip ins? Clip on. Um no. 
Okay, no, cool. just on pedals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I went. Um, so I went to Maryland uh, when I was younger with like Forsberg and you know you guys know MA Motorsports. No, actually. No. Oh, so Brian uh, at MA Motorsports. Um, yeah. Long story short, he's super into mountain biking. So he like taught me how to mountain bike, and it was the gnarliest shit ever. And like falling over, clipping in. It was. It's no joke, man. I mean, I definitely play it safe. Um, you know, I don't try anything too crazy. Just kind of cruise yeah. down, but Hell yeah. that's it. My comfort zone, you know. <laughs> that's cool. What didn't help me um, was me and my boyfriend. We went to a popular mountain biking place. It's Mountain Creek in New Jersey. And uh, we just walked one of the trails during their off season. And I was like, there is no fucking way. Like, I can go down this in a bicycle. Dude, yeah. I would have a harder time walking it <laughs> than I would going down. I would be dying if I tried to walk up those mountains. Yeah, maybe that was the wrong move. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, some of these are like straight down. And I'm like, I'm like, Taylor must want me dead. Cause I can't imagine. <laughs> no, they give you like a little lesson in the beginning too. So it's, it's good. That little lesson changes everything, you know? Yeah. Which is just the same thing as like when you're driving, like proper setup. Very true. Mm -hmm. Proper Very stance, cool. you know, it's the same thing. What's up with that? What's up? Like, can you tell me about that shit? So if I was coming to your event at first and I didn't know about setup, like, what are some basic setups you guys teach? Uh, for, at first, I'm like, wait, for drifting or for mountain biking? Drifting. drifting. <laughs> um, definitely, like, you know, the your coilovers, like having coilovers on. Um, tire pressure. Yeah. Good front tires. Good yeah. front tires. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which I saw you were running the Acceleras, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the Accelera, the 651 Sports or whatever. Yeah, I ran those last year. They were pretty good. Nice. On the fronts or on the backs? On the front. Did you like them? I did like them, yeah. Did you get the 100s or the 200s? There's like the extras or just the 651 sports? Um, Just the 651 sports. Ooh, you got to try the 100s. Yeah? Yeah, they have like an extra um, and it's just a different um, like uh, compound. Okay. Yeah. Try those. Okay, I, I will. <laughs> yeah. She needs new fronts, so. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I do. I just went through my Volinos last um, at Pro Bredown, so I got to get some new tires. How do those fare? Are those better than the Acceleras? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, when I was running the Acceleras, I was also, um, that was my daily driver as well. Mm. So um, I thought that they did awesome as far as like tire life because yeah. I drove like everywhere with them we drove to tennessee and drifted there and drove back and they were still like Meh. um and then as far as the valinos i think they did well i just don't think they lasted as long right i mean that's the common like problem right is like when tires don't last long they're actually quote unquote like more grippy and then when they last a long time they're a little more like tight or hard you know but she also drives super aggressive now Good. Not that she didn't before, but you drive way more aggressive now when you have the other tires. So that could be why they didn't last as long. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I do feel like whenever I um, ran the Valinos, because I've, I've done them twice now, I feel like I have a lot more confidence with those tires. I don't know why. They just, um, yeah, they, they do seem to be grippier. Yeah, I think they are versus the 651 Sports. Like, I definitely think 
you know, try the hundreds if you ever go back to Accelera. But okay, are you doing? Uh, what car are you even in? Um, I'm in a stock FRS. Um, I have okay. um, I have an upgraded um, rear diff and um, an angle kit, but all the like power wise, it's pretty basic. That's cool. What about you, Taylor? Um, I just have a 240, a hatch. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's very that's basic. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you run 17s up front? Me? Yeah. I'm 15s all the way around right now. Oh, 15s. Okay, sick. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Keep it basic, more cost effective. Nice. Yeah, that's it. I was joking. Kim, you don't drift, right? No, I don't. I, um, I have my heyday where I would hang around Alexis and we would just do a little street drifting. Um, that was when we were really young. Um, but I got rid of a lot of my stuff. Um, I used to have a bunch of E30s, a Mighty Max. Um, and now I have my one nice car um, that I feel like I'm going to probably bring up every podcast just to remind people that I am relevant. <laughs> I have a 92 uh, Gloria, Nissan Gloria. It's imported. And um, I, I, won't put, I won't put it on a track because I can't afford to fix it if anything were to fall apart. That's the nicest thing I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's badass, though. That's super cool. But my boyfriend has a one JZS fourteen that um I did take out once for one of their events, and I'll probably do it again this year. Damn. Yeah. That's sick. If she doesn't do it in his car. She's gonna do it in one of our cars. No, I'll do it in his car because his car made it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just power. I'm trying to look cool. I'm trying to look cool. I'm not trying to look stupid. I'm cheating. <laughs> That's cool. And then what type of coilovers do you guys run? BC. That's right. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> They're awesome. I love them. Yeah. What, what a sponsored answer. Synchronized. BC. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I need a sound clip of that, please. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I'm on BCs too. And then, so any angle kits for you guys or not yet? Obviously, Alexis, probably not. Taylor? Well, I actually got uh, powered by Max. Oh, sick. Yeah. I'm okay. still stuck. <laughs> Dang, I was backwards, like, the whole thing. Yeah. That's cool. Honestly, the angle kit, like, I hate to say it because I drove with stock angle for so many years, and I was like, I don't need an angle kit. But once I switched over to that, like, total game changer. Yeah, man. Like, damn, I remember that, too. And angle is, like, the shit. I don't know. <laughs> But too much angle can suck, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess when you find the right amount of angle, the purest attitude goes right away, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, One day. One day we'll get get the car set up like that. But maybe (laughs) next. Kayla's got knuckles. She just got to put them in. So what do you got? Uh, Reese had actually gotten me them for Christmas from TJ. TJ cut the knuckles and yeah. Nice. Nice. Hell so, yeah. Nate, I don't know if you want to apply pressure boy to boy, but he should probably put those in by now, right? <laughs> I mean, like, absolutely. Like, why is he holding you back? No. She needs them in for August 7th for, or actually August 6th for our evergreen day. But Taylor, you're not spinning out a lot, are you? Like, do you, you hold line and everything's good? Yeah, I, I feel like I drive fine. I mean, I'm sure, like, there are times, you know, where a little bit more could help me out. And yeah. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like I've learned to like adjust to the car, and I not saying I don't make mistakes, but I feel like I know how much you know how much I can push it. But yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be cool. That's, that's Taylor's humble way of saying that she's really fucking good at it. I was about <laughs> to say, right? She's a badass. She's like, I'm a badass. <laughs> Well, the best thing is when you do get your angle, try to spin out. Like when you put your angle kit on, just fucking throw that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now when I, you know, have too much angle, my car just like, and just stops. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Heck yeah. I make it work. That's cool though. So coilovers, tire pressures, angle, and then just like throttle response, you know, like keep yelling at the kids on throttle response, like staying on throttle, keeping the RPMs, you know, as high as you can. It's it's cool. Like sometimes they'll, if you're in the car with them, you can tell them, okay, like see how you kind of just like jerk to the left and you straightened out. Like that's because you let off the gas. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, have you guys like so you're using obviously e-brakes. So when you clutch into e-brake, like are you just floating off throttle you gotta stay on throttle you gotta stay on throttle <laughs> yes like clutch in e-brake still but keep the throttle on all right alexis <laughs> you got that oh i got it she's not nah, alexis is like clutch in e-brake off throttle like do you guys <laughs> notice that a lot though seriously on entries and stuff i like can when- notice it even in my driving sometimes if i like you know i'm not on throttle like yeah. you watch videos after and you can tell definitely yeah it's a big thing like especially in like competition drifting where it's like you're going down the line like one two three four enter in and then the car just goes like dead because you're floating right you're you're extending on the knee brake kind of scrubbing speed and then you get back on throttle it's one of the things that clutch kickers track has taught me and then chris forsberg actually taught me first which was when the clutch is in you have to just like try to tap rev limiter let's say so when you're e-braking and you're making adjustments, you still want people to hear the car up in like doing something. I think that's what I like about drifting most is like you're still learning new things every time you go out. Like every lap, you know, you make those adjustments and learn something new. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. I want to come out to one of y'all's events and like help teach <laughs> or something. You should. You bring your wife. Yeah, for sure. We're down. We just got to plan it ahead. Does she drive too? No, no, no. My wife is, uh, she's like a, my hometown love. So it was like when we were young kids, we loved each other. But then she went to college and I became this like skateboarder drifter kid. And then we spent like most of our life apart. But we always knew like we loved each other, but she was on a different path and I was on a different path. And then whenever she would be single, I'd have a girl or I'd be single and she'd have her boy. And so like, we never linked up until my sister's wedding and um it was kind of what it is but like she still had a boyfriend but we knew at that moment like fuck it and we just got together and it it is what like it worked so well so but what's cool about that at least that i personally enjoy is my wife did not really know about drifting and she wasn't into drifting so where i kind of had um you know, let's say maybe moments of people knowing cool drifters and wanting to, like you said, like get with guys that are drifters because they have some form of income. Because if you're fucking drifting, you're doing all right. It's like that kind of vibe can happen. And uh, my wife is just like a huge blessing because it was none of that. She was like, she knew me as a fucking 11 year old kid. You know what I mean? 
Oh, that's awesome. You should still get her to drive, though, at one of our events. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. I never thought about that. But she would be the one that needs to learn how to drive standard first. So we'd have to just start. That's okay. Yeah. You only got to get to second. I feel like I say <laughs> that all cool. the time, but... <laughs> we could plan out something to where I can come help uh, teach or something, and then she can come with me, and she could jump in the car. That'd be so cool. Definitely. If, if we had a car to jump, like, throw her in. You have, like, a another stock little daily rolling around somewhere or <laughs> you know right. car right off the rip i just got um like a jzx 90 that could be a cool little start okay yeah i haven't like got it dialed in yet but you can have her learn stick on right hand drive you know what i mean so she'll be completely confused <laughs> <laughs> every other car will screw up um no i think that'd be really cool actually um I don't know. I definitely, what was I going to go with that? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Jumping into a high horsepower car. Um, it made me feel like a superstar, but I'll be honest. I learned nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Like that's the, yes, absolutely. Right. Like the more power and the easier setup, the less like the drivers are going to have to actually learn some of those like muscle memory or like where you're looking, how to reach into a section where if you just have power, you can just go there so yeah, long story short, learning car momentum first is probably the most important. Oh, yeah. No, and they're these two up here, they both were very like they're stock and they're showing people that you can do it stock and if anything, if you can drive stock, you can drive a one JZ. You mm -hmm. know, like no issue. Whereas me, it's like to go from a one JZ S fourteen to hop in like Taylor's car, I'm gonna struggle. Yes. Yeah, because you have to, like, use the car's momentum more so than just kind of driving have, the car. I have to understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's cool, though. So most of the, like, ladies that come out, do they, are their cars, like, real fucking set up? Or there's a lot of the, like, they're dailying them and then they're trying? It's kind of all across the board. Yeah, I think when some girls, when they're just dipping into it, it might be, like, their boyfriends, you know, a group you know, car setup, but I think the majority now, it's mostly, like, stock, stock. I'd say. Yeah. They come awesome. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I saw a lot of the girls struggling behind me, and I was like, oh, I feel so bad. But Yeah, we had a couple come in that still had, like, open diffs and stuff, and, you know, had to be told about, like, welded diffs and, um, you know, trying to fix their setup a little bit and why it doesn't slide, as well as you know, like Kim in the 1J car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Just, like, one arm doing donuts. <laughs> I was like, you want to look like this? I don't care if you got to put your kids in that car. Weld the diff. <laughs> <laughs> Weld the diff. Yeah, that's cool, though, man. It's good to hear you all are doing cool shit, you know? Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nate, for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, it's all good. I appreciate being on and, like, I enjoy this stuff. Hey, guys. I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. 
Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. We well, got to get some um, Whitmore Weekly wisdom before we go to... Cool. So my Whitmore Weekly wisdom this week is actually from uh, Reese Marin. And it's not about how big the splash is. It's about who stays in the pool the longest. Whoa. Yeah. He Hold said that up. this weekend and I was just like... Hold up. Tell me about it. What's it mean? Um, I guess that's up to you how you want to interpret it. Uh, um, we were talking about drifting. Like it's not about... It one big thing that you do you know it's about how long you're you stay in it for but dude i, think, I love you know, that yeah i love that that's like my fit you know it's like when you get a big firework and you get a big moment where people are like whoa nate's doing something super cool and then that fades yep. it's like you know you still have to love the process of what you're doing in order to maintain and then you'll get a firework and it's cool and so i love that shit yeah, I told him I'm going to pick his brain from now on to help me. Because it's hard to be wise all these weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, maybe Kim, follow up with me. Let's try to figure out how I can come out and help an event sometime. Absolutely. I will keep you updated. And we'll see whichever one works out best for you. I obviously don't want to be like, okay, you have to fly to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm down, man. Like, we'll figure it out. All right, perfect. So All right, well, bye. All right, guys, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys. <laughs>